Welcome to this week's episode of the Human Enhancement Podcast. This is your host, Jeffrey Wu. I'm excited to have back my longtime co-host, Michael Brandt. Hey, He's co-founder of Human. Hey. Welcome to the program after a long <laughs> hiatus. Yeah, it's good to be back. Yeah, I mean, so I thought this would be an interesting conversation because we've talked a lot about the philosophical underpinnings behind human or are really our philosophy of human as a next platform that underpins what we do at, at human, the, the company. Uh, we've also talked a lot about cognitive enhancement, metabolic enhancement. Um, but a lot of us have now been asking us and talking to us about what we do for physical activity. And we might not be as publicly, uh, I guess, as effusive around what we do athletically, but I know that you've been quite an athlete over the last few months. So, um, I thought this would be a fun conversation to talk about, you know, what we've been up to in terms of our athletic and physical pursuits. So um, do you want to jump in and talk about the different things you've been training and, and looking at over the last few months? Yeah. So I got I got bit by the runner bug about nine months ago when several of us on the team here started having a friendly competition for a half marathon. Um, and I, sh- I should say like re-bit by the runner bug because uh, I was actually just home for Thanksgiving and talking to my mom and she was saying that when I was like five, six, seven, um, to get the ants out of the pants, she would take me to the track and I would just run <laughs> these laps. And I've, I've had kind of this, I've always been healthy, always worked out. Um, sometimes I'm more like, you know, go to the gym three times a week and maintain it. Um, but there's been periods in my life where I've really doubled down into running in particular. Um, I, in college I was fixated on, I, I want to run uh, a mile in under five minutes. So I just yeah. started running every single day until I got there. Yeah. And I, I was, I was and you remember say, we were next door neighbors at the yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, no, this was back in college at Stanford. Yeah, I remember you had a goal to hit a five minute mile and you just, I don't know, you're, did it. one day you're like, oh, I did it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. This guy, <laughs> I didn't even really know what times meant, but it, it seemed impressive. Yeah. Even though like now with like full context of how hard it would be to run, if I'm not mine, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite good. Yeah. It's no superhuman strength. I mean, most college, collegiate high even like good high school runners will be able to hit that. Uh, but I think it's, it's fast for a, a non-runner. It's fast yeah. for a normal person. Um, so I got, I got bit by the bug then and you know, other periods and yeah, about six, nine months ago, several of us on the team, including Dr. Stubbs, yeah. we, we had a healthy bet on like who could run the fastest half marathon. I think, I think that really instigated like most of us at this company actually to be really, really diligent with working out so like speaking for myself um yeah similar i mean grew up playing tennis uh you know decently competitive but knew that you know i wasn't going to be a professional athlete so like working out through through college and through my early professional career is very much like work out a few times a week to be like healthy yeah like never like really there's nothing wrong with that really never push but i think talking about human enhancement i think if you're going to be putting hours in the gym anyways and having maintenance, why not put 100% effort into really optimizing performance out of that time? Yeah. Um, and I think having these goals where I'm doing a charity boxing match actually this weekend had made has made me a lot more diligent in, I think, just seeing a lot better physical results, just like how, how fast I'm improving in terms of all my skill sets and endurance and all of that. I, I, I think you should t- talk about your your half marathon hack. I, I think that was like one of the things that I think was most interesting was that um, – in like what, like six weeks of training, you went from like the probably three times a, a week gym yeah, guy from to, not really, probably never would have thought about running a half marathon to what placing like top one hundred. Yeah, in in the San Francisco half marathon. So yeah, t- yeah tell me about. Um, so that was part of the, the bet you were talking about. And t- 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 I, I know you went, you yeah, were yeah, very, yeah, very yeah. quantitative about it. So let's totally. talk about it yeah. in terms of the biohacking angle here for our, 
for the topic here. How did you biohack your way to getting a top 100 finish in San Francisco Half Marathon for six weeks ago? Before that, you never thought about running a half marathon. Yeah, so it, the way that I thought about running faster was just dividing it into subcomponents. Like, we, like we, Obviously, the outcome you want is a faster time, but what does that look like and what's going on in your body and how do you measure it? So the first thing I started doing was tracking my heart rate and my cadence, my footstep cadence on the ground. And, and obviously so this is like using um, yeah, Apple, Apple Watch. Watch. Yeah. And then how about cadence? Same. Um, so and you can track foot, like, okay. Yeah. And what you, and you can use Strava, you can, you can map your run, you can see how fast you're going. It's, it's really nice to be able to look at your wristwatch and see, oh, am I running a 640 mile or a 740 mile or, or whatever. It, that, that in and of itself is helpful. Um, heart rate, let's talk about one at a time, heart rate and cadence. So heart rate is interesting because you want to maintain a heart rate below, say, 160. The, the formula that a lot of people use is 185 minus your age. And that's this anaerobic threshold where if you're below that, you're generally using energy that's coming from a mix of your stored body fat and glucose. Above that threshold, you're in anaerobic mode where you're just straight using glucose. And it's, it's inefficient to run above 160 BPM. You just can't do it for very long. It doesn't matter who you are. It's basically like the thinking of going from like sustained running to like sprinting. If you're right. going up, you're like kind of in this sprint mode. Right. And so this is true for all athletes. The difference for an elite marathon, say like a, someone who wins the Chicago marathon, is that they're able to go really fast, but with a reasonable heart rate. So it's not that they're sprinting and they have a super high heart rate for two, two hours and change. It's that they're able to move their body with a speed while keeping their heart rate low. So that's very important. There's no like magical way to just have like a 200 BPM heart, like boom, 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 boom for two hours. You can't do that. So what you have to figure out is, okay, let me fix my heart rate. Let me run at 160 or 165 BPM and try to go faster while keeping my heart rate the same. So it's like, how do you do, how do you do what you're doing without exhausting yourself? Um, you start looking at your technique. You start trying to run smoother, trying to relax muscles that aren't actually like productive in the forward propulsion of your body. You you begin uh, so sometimes just stick with it, right? One thing I was just doing is, is as a training goal was staying at 160, 165 BPM and just doing that and not really worrying about the time because the time for how long? Like like a half would, marathon length of time, like yeah, two well, hours. I, I would do I would do like forty five minute hour long. Yeah. Runs. How, how about like what yeah. did you what was your first week of running like? Like what were you doing? Yeah, I I go back over my Strava. You should follow me on Strava if you if you're out there, uh, Michael Brandt, and you can see you can see what my runs are are looking like. They're getting a lot bigger actually, and and longer and stronger as I've grown. So this is speaking back on yeah. how I was initially preparing for yeah. my first half marathon. The first week, I think I just tried to put in volume. I just tried to put in like 20, 30 miles a week. Yeah, and just like were you trying to maintain like a hundred sixty five BPM? Exactly, and so the the and idea just go as long as you could. Yeah, just go in a, in a given session. I would try to go 45, 60 minutes. Um, beyond a certain point, you need it's harder to recover. The goal is really like you want to co cover as many miles in a given day. But if you run too long in one session, if you run three hours today, it's not the same as running an hour today, an hour tomorrow, an hour the next day. This latter way of doing it is is more sustainable. You don't want to overexert on one day and then just like be too dead to, ex to exert on the next day. Right. So be like going out running six, eight miles and staying at that 160 
BPM. And then just like literally it's, it's fun to witness my own body. If I stayed there one day, the next day I would do it and I would just be hitting that same heart rate, but my body would be moving faster. Right. And it was fun to just like look at my watch, see my heart rate, just chill out at my heart rate. Not really worry. Again, not worry about the time. Like the, the speed comes, but just worry about my heart rate, my breathing, relaxing, my technique. And, and then my, just by repeating the steps, just getting more miles under my feet, my body is able to move faster while keeping the heart rate the same. Cool. And then, and then the second thing, just uh, on the cadence. So yeah. having your cadence is super important as a runner because when you're when you're running with high cadence, so cadence, the cadence you're supposed to hit is around 180 steps per minute. So left, right, left, right, left, right. Three steps a second, basically. Yeah. Um, boom, 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 and, boom, boom, boom. And if you think about it, what happens if you slow down the cadence? Well, if you try to maintain the same speed, your stride length gets longer. Yes. And that's the cause of basically every single running injury is long strides because hmm. when you lengthen out your stride you start striking the ground naturally with your heel because you're hmm. really striding out yeah and it does a lot of things people call it running with the brakes on you're just kind of like you're you're slamming and you're yeah. slowing down you're losing forward momentum yeah yeah um and so you look at the elite marathon runners and these are people running sub five minute miles for 26 miles yeah and they're just it's called a mid-heel strike you're hitting your the mid sorry midfoot strike the middle of your foot is hitting the ground basically right under your body right. and then you're pushing back you're using your glutes to push back so you're not really reaching your foot forward and heel striking you're you're on the recovery of your stride your foot is coming underneath you midfoot is hitting the ground and then you're pushing back and so what this go what this is all to say is that the way to become a, a better runner is to keep your cadence high so that you're not artificially lengthening out your strides and causing this like heel pounding, which is slowing you down and is going to cause all the damage to your hips. It's going to cause all this like bounciness in your knees and your hips. And when you, when you keep your cadence high, then it's really a matter of, okay, let me keep this cadence. And gradually over time, you try to lengthen out your stride line. You try to push harder with your glutes so that you're going further on each step. But again, keeping the cadence just as high as it's always been. So right. it's like you, you, the way to kind of sum it up, it's like I, I would run, keep my heart rate at 160, keep my cadence at 180, and then I would just try to do a longer stride length every time. I would try to be pushing harder on each of those steps on the ground. Huh. And so it's cool because you can, you can just decompose this problem of how do I run faster? You right. can decompose it into the component biomarkers and then, and then track those, lock, the, lock them in, and then and then push where you can where it really is like your body's able to improve. Or, or like i think i remember like as we were training and i was like participating in some of the track road work days that you were yeah locking in specific variables but like pushing and focusing on like one of them right like yeah. I, we would do like fartleks which are what like what 400 meter fast and like some recovery laps like can you talk yeah. about like the different different strategies yeah. to improve yeah so if if you're tracking along with this it's like you're, you're keeping your heart rate at a certain level, you're keeping your cadence at a certain level, and then the equation, the variable you want to solve in the equation is, how do I just now push harder on each step so that I'm gaining more ground right. with each step? And that comes from having better form, better glute muscles, like, and, and then the way you practice that, even if you're trying to run a marathon or half marathon, is you have to go to the track and do some speed work, because that's how you build the power. You have to learn what it feels to move faster. So you go to the track and you, there's a number of ways you can do it. a fart lick. A lot of times a fart lick on a track is like sprint the straightaways and jog the curves. You can also do 400 meter repeats, do 400 meters, jog, you know, hundred meters and back and then do it again. Do that 10, 12 times. Uh, there's, yeah, I remember doing that with you once for like 400 meters 
eight times or 12 times is like and we're like four fifth laps like fuck yeah <laughs> sucks no it's and then, awesome. like getting pushed and like finishing it it felt really awesome yeah yeah and then while you're doing that you're you're becoming a stronger runner you're learning how to put more force into each step and then okay recover a day and then you do a, a nice six eight mile run hit your 160 165 bpm hit your cadence of, of 180 times hitting the ground per minute and guess what? Now each time your foot's hitting the ground, it's pushing harder because you did a good job on track day. Yeah. And so it's just you're just seeing your body get faster. It's amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's and it's and it's almost like like too good to be true. It's like you just kind of crack this code. It's not that hard. Is, can anyone do it? Yeah, I think like it is like you definitely had some good discipline to do that because like you were waking up. Oh, I mean we were waking up early. Yeah, right? like six like, in we were the morning. Six so. th- six six thirty in the morning to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean I, it's I, definitely like not easy. Like I you know you know I've been. But I think you get used to it. I think it's like a new norm that you set for yourself. There's definitely some like uh, activation energy to yes. be like, like go over, over the hump. But then after, I mean, so like I think that's a highlight. Like, after six weeks, right, like you you did a sub one, one hour, 30 minute half marathon. Yeah. So it's a little under a seven minute per mile pace. For 13 miles. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. It was, it was pretty good. I'm, now my goals are beyond that. I've since broken that PR down to 126. I want to break 120 within the coming so six months i'm doing this weekend a half ironman triathlon which is you swim 1.2 miles and then you bike 56 miles right and then you run a half marathon and yeah. uh it's, so i i'm optimizing each subcomponent of that sport right and i i expect i running still tends to be my strong suit in the triathlon and uh actually anyone out there who's an active triathlete or trail runner or or biker swimmer Drop us a line. We'd love to hear from you and just like say hi. We have a group on Strava as well for human. Yeah. So, HVMN. Yeah. yeah. So, so reach out to us. We'd love to just kind of build the community, see who we all is yeah, out absolutely. there. Because I think that, you know, especially with our human ketone product, with the ketone ester, I mean, this product is designed for people like what, what you're doing. It's designed legitimately for special operator warfighters on like cognitively, physically demanding multi-day missions. And best on, on cyclists and ultra runners, endurance athletes. I mean, it's like a super efficient fuel that's not sugar that's powering over these multi-hour events. Yeah, and that's what's been exciting to me. It's a nice blend of just personal interest. Again, I I was running around the track with my mom when I was five and six, so there's some personal interest there. But I think it's it's particularly good time right now to just to be double doubling down into it personally as our as it aligns with our business goals as well yeah. i'm i'm excited to be trying out ketone and and winning these races using better fueling because right. what's what's happened to me i would say one of the biggest changes that's happened more recently so I, I spoke before about training for the first half marathon what's happening what's happened more recently is really figuring out fuel as i've been doing this triathlon training it's like okay I'll go, I'll go and swim a couple of miles and immediately get changed and go run eight miles. And but when you're exerting yourself for that kind of time, it doesn't matter who you are, there ends up being a question of fueling and hydration. And, and, and people call it, sometimes people call that the fourth sport in the triathlon is your, is your fueling. Yeah. Because when you're going for that or, or in an ultra marathon, something like that, your body just can only store so much glycogen, yeah. right? Your body can only store so much water and you have to have a, a solution right. for that. And it comes beforehand with how you prepare the day before and hydrate the day before, obviously how much sleep and your, and, and other behavioral stress factors in your life. But then, and then the day of it's like, okay, well, what are you fueling your body with? Yeah. Cause you're just turning, you're, you're, you're using energy. And I think 
the fun thing about all of this is you're really feeling your body as a machine. You're feeling your body is this like most brilliant piece of technology you'll ever own. And right. you're, you're fueling it. And then you're just very literally seeing this output from it. Yeah. Very viscerally in a time that's very quantified. Yeah. And I think that's an interesting thing about the introduction of human ketone. And I don't want to turn it just into a ketone discussion, but I mean, I think the status quo has been just slamming goo shots, right? Like if you talk to and look at when people are on these races, they're slamming, like what 50 grams of carbs every 45 minutes right and not just carbs, like fast acting glucose right i mean that's basically drinking uh like a can and a half of soda every yeah. hour for like five hours yeah i think it's great i think it's like adult candy these like but i but i think that's why you see some of these stories where some of these like iron man athlete champions end up being diabetic pre-diabetic because they're constantly carb fueling and you have so much carbs that you're constantly jacking up your insulin and you're addicted to that insulin carb cycle. Yeah. And you end up having diabetes. So I think yeah. innovation of ketones allows us to actually give you a non-insulinogenic, non-carb fuel source. Yeah. Uh, so it, you can, yeah. So it's like, a, it's, a, it's a new paradigm that I hope that we can really introduce into the sporting world uh, and change not just the performance outcomes, because I think we'll make new world records, new champions. Right. Um, but we also make everyone healthier. Uh, we won't, it, it, we prevent people trying to do good to not do harm. Accidentally. Right. Cause I don't know. I mean, maybe I'll, who knows it, it would take time, but maybe I'll become pro level. It's, it's not happening today or tomorrow, <laughs> but regardless, I want to just go on bike rides and runs for the, for the, from de decades and decades of my life. Right. And I don't want it to uh, be cut short or to be having some, negative effect i mean like i'll put it this way like i'm doing these like these long spurts of exercise especially on the weekends and i'm not losing any weight right so i'm taking in a lot Extra of calories, calories I, yeah. yeah a thousand is putting it lightly like it's like i put i'm taking in a bunch of calories so there's just like this net throughput on my body and it's like okay well i i want a different answer than just having a bunch of sugar yeah like i it just doesn't isn't good enough for me on on the research that I, that we all know of like this is it isn't good to be just battering your insulin response all right, the time right absolutely anything else in terms of uh in, in terms of running or any other tidbits i mean i think it is like something i guess broadly to zoom it out i mean i think that's something we're looking forward to be doing much more of in 2018 um i think the community and the listeners that we have on this program if it's been growing you know what like 30 percent month over month for the last few months i really appreciate uh the growth here and also, I think a lot of people want to meet up in person. I think I've, you know, and, and Zill will be happy to confirm this. Zill is my, my producer here. That, you know, like people on the street will come by our office or like just be like, hey, do you have a podcast? I mean, it's, it's super flattering. So we want to do more physical meetups. And I think, um, you know, one of the ideas is like doing track day or cycling day. Uh, you know, some sort of physical activity where you can really just like get sweaty and, and, and do an activity. I think there's... Obviously, like great things we can all do together online and talk about fasting and biohacking, all of that. But it's still very hard to beat an in-person, like, let's get sweaty together experience. Yeah. yeah. And let's figure out what you're doing that's working for you yeah. or what I'm doing that's working yeah. for me. And let's, let's trade some notes. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, you should take on the interviewer yeah. mode and ask me about, like, the boxing. Cause I think, yeah, yeah. Because I think, you know, speaking towards, like, just the seriousness of training, I don't think I'm necessarily putting in – I'm not putting in that many more hours a week because, you know, we were pretty just, like, diligent and just being like you know efficient at working out maintaining exercise level work sleep eat you know but i think to like just the dedication of having real goals um it pushes your limits 
aggressively. And I think yeah. something as as contact heavy as boxing, where like you're literally afraid for your yeah. If you yeah. if you mess up, you get punched in the face, and you're like, damn. And I think like it's a very visceral feeling that's much different from like a t- you know like group playing tennis or basketball, where uh, yeah, it, 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 someone scores on you it doesn't feel good. But I think the the like the rawness of competition of like you just know your limits of your body real quick. Yeah. Like you, you know, real quick that like, okay, I, I, so this guy just faster. Like even in running and track days, like damn, like Michael Brandt just beat me on four hundred or whatever, right? Like oh, like fuck, like, like I, I just hit my limit. I can't go faster right now. Uh, so I think actually testing yourself and then seeing yourself push those limits, I think is very. I, I feel like most of us don't do that anymore. I feel like in a lot of ways, society is very, very healthy and goal oriented as a high schooler or maybe sometimes in college, and then people just like back off. Right. Like, I and I, I think we, I would say that we were kind of in that spot, you know, uh, you know, before On the edge recent, of it, for sure, yeah. Right? Like, we would just go to the gym and kind of ship it in. I think sometimes a little bit more motivated than other times, but we would kind of ship it in. Yeah. I, at least, I'm speaking for myself, at <laughs> least. Um, and it's like, why is that? Why do we just kind of, we do this as a chore? Why not actually, you know, if you're spending the same amount of time, do it for a goal? Yeah, and, and what I would say to anyone who's, like, looking for the motivation is, Go outside of the gym. I think a lot of times gym, gym why, why are gyms designed? The, gym, the gyms are designed to be these efficient places that you can go to. You don't have to leave this this box. And you're able to do basically work out every muscle and cardio and everything all in this very tight area. So it's very efficient. But what it isn't is it isn't necessarily a big goal-oriented thing. It's not necessarily like fun, fresh air. It's not necessarily competitive or social or all these other things that you get out of rock climbing or boxing or running or biking. And anti-social the, boxing, it, being cool. no, but well, like I think even the Spartan and, race, yeah, yeah. like most of the team, that was did. super fun. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like like gyms are are great. I go to the gym. Like a lot of people have fun at the gym. Weightlifting is awesome. Like there's a lot you can do to have fun at the gym. But what I do mean to say is most people going to your 24-hour fitness, Equinox, whatever, are kind of phoning it in. They're going there just like do 45 minutes, look good in the mirror, like ship it in, call it a day. Um, but, but the people who are outside, like swimming in the bay or uh play, meeting up with their friends to play tennis they're all having fun with it or go right. like there there's some aspect of it a lot of times it's a goal i think goal is extremely motivating for some and then for others like the social component or uh the just adventure component of going on a long bike ride or yeah. something is it, it pulls you out and, it, and then you start loving it you start being like wow i this is this is the a great way to spend my yeah. time like I, I really love this uh, and then that's where you really crack it, where it's not like a chore anymore. It's like you don't need to be motivated to watch Netflix or like go eat a, a milkshake. It's like right. the, the the enjoyment of the process itself is all you need is, is all the motivation you need. Absolutely. Um, I think yeah. I think just like I think the Spartan race as a team was like a fun activity that like we were all able to do together and yeah. and, and just get out there run three three and a half four miles do some obstacle courses right like i think it's like that kind of childhood delight and curiosity of, of what we could do with our physical bodies i think it's something's like just bashed away which by going doing your bench your squat your yeah. deadlifts the five do, five, your, boom, boom. do your 15 minute jog on the treadmill take a shower go, go home. home right so i'd love if we have time to go into what what's the story behind your boxing match how did that come yes about? um <laughs> and any predictions for that outcome as well yeah. Um, so this this stemmed from you know around the buzz around boxing during the Mayweather McGregor fight. Uh, so 
one of our mutually good friends, Nagib, and I were, were hanging out that following weekend. And um, he had talked about, you know, wanting to get more into shape. And he's been looking at either getting really good at tennis. And I think boxing was one of the options and, and a third activity. He said, like, he liked the boxing uh, program that uh, he was going to – he liked, like, the boxing coach the, the best. And I was like, you know, I've always been interested – I've been a fan of MMA – uh, sweet science of boxing. I don't know. I think it's just kind of an interesting sport um, in general. I, I think if you look at sp- like what is a sport, it's it's essentially like an analogy for a war, right? It's like a cl- it's like a classier, rule-ified version of a team versus another team. Yeah. And it seems that like fighting or boxing is like uh, uh, cl- as close to, uh, close, to the bone, uh, uh, yeah. close to the bone right obviously some 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 rules there but as close to the bone as possible um and it, we got to a point where we we're just like egging each other on where it's like all right like let's do it seriously we're gonna train Nagib, like you should do it seriously and i was like all right and then like i was you know i'm, I'm a bit of a scrapper and i think it's like okay you're gonna do it like maybe you should just like put a date on calendar train super seriously for it and just have a little fun slug match um and uh, yeah, it, it 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 became like a thing. I think you know, I, I we didn't say too close to what Nagib's protocol is for training, but you know, I've been doing uh, uh, personal sessions with a coach for an hour, uh, seven thirty on Monday, Wednesdays, nine thirty in the morning on on Saturdays, doing like track and road work on the off days. Um, so you know, I, I feel like improved pretty quickly and in, in, in getting some sparring pretty pretty quickly compared to like the average, you know, probably the, the more, you know, boxer sides, let's go to the boxing gym and, 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 and hit bags for like, you know, a couple times a week. So it was definitely getting a lot of just like live sparring in. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, but I, I think I've gotten just a, a real respect for the sport. Like it's a fight. Like yeah. it's scary. It's terrifying when you see someone trying to, knock your head off like i don't think there's a lot of, you don't really see that intensity in the real world like in, in any yeah. normal conversation any 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 day part of the life in your life and like i think seeing that for the first couple times like oh what like what did i sign up for like there, someone is like staring into your eyes like trying to figure out how to like, punch your face and you're like trying to punch them really hard back because they hit you and you're like i hate i don't like this person right now so um I think it's some, there's some respect on, on all pugilists out there. It's definitely it's, some respect. Yeah, it's interesting. It's funny to me because I think so many of these. I just had this image in my mind. You know, when people are grabbing drinks and and talking and like challenging each other to a fight, nine times out of ten, it it, it becomes a, a bar barroom brawl, right? <laughs> uh, or or it just never happens. Right. More likely, just like just deescalates, goes yeah. nowhere. And it's really cool to see how like that actually is. That aggression got channeled on both sides into this very productive. Yeah, thing. we're like donating both- <laughs> to. We're, like, we're gonna, you know, do some tickets to invite some of our friends uh, to to watch and and, and cheer the, on these 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 two idiots. Um, and where are the proceeds going? You want to shout out a bit about? Yeah, your- yeah, yeah. So I'm donating the the proceeds uh, to. Uh, well, I, I think we're gonna figure out like basically the winner's gonna get to donate the proceeds, but the proceeds that I the charity that I hope to donate money to is uh, elite meat uh which is uh, a new nonprofit that's organized around transitioning uh special operator uh soldiers uh, a lot of navy seals uh that are transitioning out of service into the workforce uh so i had got connected with the group a few months ago when 
a group of Navy SEALs came out to San Francisco and was honored to be uh, one of the presenters as a, as a business that, that, could, that could interface and, and potentially employ some of these veterans and transitioning military folks. So great. really appreciate the mission. I think, you know, and I think that was also, I think just my first real interaction with the U S military. I think I remember just this past veterans day, which was a few weeks ago, never really having a personal connection to it. You know, I, I don't know. Do you, do you have anyone connected well, to like the military I, service? My grandparents, but like, yeah, no, like, and then certain people in, in high school or like ROTC went to military, yeah. but I think, I know what you're saying, and yeah, I think it, it recently we've spoken with a lot of more like senior people in a business context. Right. That's di- it's again a different world from I think what you're. Yeah. So I think it just I I, I think I don't know. There's just, like this. There's this like very alpha jock, meathead, perhaps stereotype of our soldiers, and I just found that to be completely not the case. Um, I found uh, the people I've interacted in the community to be very humble clearly confident in their in their expertise and their wheelhouse but very willing to learn adapt and and, and push and, and be curious around other aspects beyond you know what they've had a lot of experience in so I think uh, made me appreciate uh, our, 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 our men and women in uniform I, yeah. I think it's something that I you know hopefully as part of our company at human to be able to build and, and continue to build technologies that they able to, to help them. Right you know, or turn from, from combat safer and, and more effective. Yeah, I think that the armed forces do a phenomenal job of helping people become systems thinkers of, of their physical performance and just how they're operating. Yeah. I think that armed forces are very organized in how, how things are ranked, how people are given feedback, how people are uh, like rise through the ranks and how performance is, is judged and evaluated. Yeah. Um, not to mention all the technology and the state-of-the-art equipment and, and what is used to measure performance. Right. Um, and what's done to optimize that performance. So I think there is a, a shared, and just, just as we have with professional athletes, I think there's a shared uh, sense of what we're trying to optimize here. And we're coming at it maybe different contexts or different angles, but it's actually all solving a similar yeah, equation. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's, again, I think that's why we've been seeing so much success uh, at, so far with our interactions with top tier athletic teams and with military organizations. I think we've shared this common goal of pushing our, our what's possible. Uh, I think it's a very noble goal. It's, it's challenging. It's hard. There's going to be setbacks here and there, but I, I think no one can uh, question, you know, the, 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 the pure honest curiosity and drive to, to better the world in some small way. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, and hopefully we can continue to enable and then do pursue this mission with, you know, with collaboration with our listeners, with our customers, with our supporters. Um, let's continue the conversation and, 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 and in all in our unique ways, make this mission possible. Yeah. Cool. I think this is a good place to wrap it up here. Um, uh, again, I, we should have more of these conversations. I <laughs> appreciate these. Off to begin uh, with, yeah. Right? <laughs> this, like, the first five, six episodes was the Michael and Jeff show pontificating around the different philosophical underpinnings of how we they started in the world of biohacking and I, I, I this i think was one of the more more fun off-the-cuff conversations so let's definitely get michael back on <laughs> and talk about some of these different aspects i think that's what i think i think a lot of our listeners appreciate a little bit of this sneak peek behind what we're doing and what we're thinking about at human uh, obviously a lot of things going on all the time here uh so if you like this episode please like it and of course subscribe on apple itunes google play youtube and soundcloud uh if there's any other requests or things that you'd like us to talk about please please send us a line uh you know myself and zill our producer looks at every single uh piece of message and feedback we get thanks so much
Thanks. Great to be here. Bye.